Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Can I Own podcast, helping you qualify and purchase your first home, or in some cases, your next home. Uh, Today's episode, we're going to jump right into it. I'm very uh, interested in this topic. I've talked to some people about it. Uh, We're going to talk about house hacking. Um, If you've never heard that term before, uh, it's a term that has become very popular in the last couple of years. It actually has been going on for a very long time, um, but it's gotten a new name, house hacking. Everything has to be upgraded and changed uh, nowadays because of the Internet. Uh, And so we're going to talk about house hacking. Now, house hacking uh, is what it typically is. It's just basically buying a house and then using that house, uh, renting out either rooms or apartments in that house or renting out, uh, renting out the house for use, uh, for other people to use while you're also living in the house. So basically what you're doing is you're renting out, let's say you've got a five bedroom house, for example, and you're a single person and you want to, um, the house, let's have say has a mortgage of $1,000 a month. Um, so being that you're a single person, you are maybe young and just getting started, you would uh, buy this five bedroom house, even though it's much larger than you need. And then you can um, rent out each bedroom or several bedrooms in the house. And the rent that those people pay you uh, would offset how much you have to pay for the house. So in essence, you would get to live rent free. And you would also get to uh, sometimes make even a little bit of profit on the house every month. And uh, in exchange for that, you would be renting out rooms and letting people share common areas like the kitchen and bathrooms, things like that. But it's a it's a way for someone who um, it's a way to basically get out of a mortgage payment. Um, And there are a couple of other benefits that I'm going to go over. Um, Let me start with the way I found out about house hacking. Um, Back a long time ago when I first started doing real estate, it was not called house hacking. It was simply called uh, live-in landlords. And um, I had had purchased a four-unit building. Um, Early on when I started my career, I purchased a four-unit building. And I personally did not move into the building but I had a relative that needed a place to stay and they uh, had income and everything, but they didn't know what to do. And I ended up putting a deal together where they bought the building from me and they rented out the units, uh, the other three units. And they were allowed, they basically got to live in a two bedroom apartment rent free. And they did that for a couple of years. And there was some, the reason why that worked for them was because since they lived in the building, they could easily keep an eye on what was going on. They would know if there was a tenant that was messing up or doing something that they didn't agree with. Um, At the same time, it was easy to deal with maintenance issues. If something happened, it's not like you're going to get a call at three in the morning to go over there and fix a toilet. It's more like you're going to get a call at three in the morning. And you're going to just go upstairs and, you know, fix the toilet as soon as you can or turn off the water to the toilet and then go back to bed until the morning till you can fix it. Whatever it is, um, it makes it's a little bit easier, especially if you're someone with younger legs that does not mind, um, you know, putting up with a little bit of a headache. Um, 
in exchange for not having to pay rent every month. This works great in high rent areas, you know, places like Seattle and places like Silicon Valley. Although, you know, as high as Silicon Valley's rents are, you're probably going to end up paying a couple of million dollars for a two bedroom, you know, so it might not work as well. But um, it works in high rent areas. It works in places where housing is limited, where you want to live in a nicer area, but maybe the housing is limited. Um, so it's not a bad setup. Now, there's another benefit besides um, low maintenance cost and besides the not having to pay a mortgage every month. Um, or at least not out of your own pocket having to pay a mortgage. The other benefit is while this house is being paid off or while you're in this house, you're also uh, paying down the mortgage, even though it's a small amount every month because it takes years to pay down a mortgage in most cases. But you're also getting the appreciation of the property. So if you're in an area that has um, that has a lot of problems with uh, rental, uh, you know, uh, rental availability, there's not a lot of rentals available, then more than likely your property will go up in value um, over time. And if that's the case, especially if you're doing improvements, making sure you're maintaining the property. And if you if you set up a house hack correctly, you have enough money to make the mortgage payment out of the rents. You'll have enough money to do a little bit of improvement on the property as time goes on. And then if you want, you can add a little bit of improvement out of your own pocket. Um, but by adding those improvements to the property, when it's time for you to sell, you can sell the property as a fully rented property, or you can sell it as a just large home or a large property. Uh, but it's in better shape than when you bought it. You haven't paid a mortgage and now you're going to walk away with some cash from the equity when everything is said and done. And that's a huge benefit because then you can theoretically, let's say I'll give you a perfect real life example. You find out about house hacking and you're 24, 25 years old. You've, you know, you've gotten out of college or, you know, you've gotten a job and you've been working your job for a couple of years. You've gotten some income. Your credit is not tarnished because you didn't do any major mistakes or anything like that. Or even if your credit is tarnished, you've gotten it strong enough that you were able to purchase a home. You purchase this large home that's bigger than you need. And you rent out the bedrooms or you rent out the apartments, whatever it is you have. Typically, a house hack is when you're renting out bedrooms and you're sharing common areas. Um, you know, you can always buy You can do the same thing, essentially, with a three or four unit building. And it works the same way. But with a house hack, you're specifically, typically, you're looking at a larger house that has uh, bedrooms. Now, you rent these bedrooms out. And let's say your rent is, let's say, $1,200 a month. You're charging $300 to $400 a month for uh, the the other bedrooms. And that's giving you enough to pay the mortgage payment, pay the utilities, um, you know, maintain a little reserve for unexpected repairs. And you do this for, you know, five or six years and you've had tenants come and go. Um, these are not large family tenants because it's, it is a, you know, an, a bedroom as opposed to um, an apartment, but you've rented it out and now you're older, let's say you're 29, 30 years old and you're about to get married and maybe you even are have a kid on the way. And you don't want to move your kid and your wife into this, um, you know, into kind of a, a bachelor pad kind of thing. But now you turn around and you sell this property. 
you might even possibly be able to sell it to one of the people living in the house if they're in a position to. You never know. But you sell this property and now the house is worth, let's say, a reasonable amount. Let's say 20% more than what you purchased the property for. So if you bought it for $100,000, it's now worth about $120,000. And I'm just using round numbers. But you then turn around and sell it and you walk away with, let's say, $15,000, $16,000 after your closing cost and everything else. Now you've got $15,000 to put down on a new house. You've also got a payment history on this house, which should be in really good shape because you've paid it for those couple of years. You've got some down payment money now. Now you have the money you've saved now because of that sale. You've got the money to buy the home for your new family and you buy a smaller home, you know, a three or four bedroom, let's say for your uh, new family, or you can just try to house hack again. You can just do another house hack uh, with maybe a larger property or maybe even a two or three unit or four unit or something like that. But it works really well. Um, so that is how a house hack works. Um, I've heard of a lot of success stories with house hacking. I've also heard of some horror stories, but the fundamental rules in house hacking don't change. And as a landlord, I've been a landlord for over 20 years. Uh, the fundamental rule with house hacking is you still need to screen tenants, people that you put in the house. I would highly uh, suggest that you do not put in family members. I would highly suggest that you do not put in uh, friends, best friends, things like that. Unless you, you know, want to take the risk, you have to always weigh it. If they can't pay, is it going to end your friendship or is it going to end your ruin your relationship with your family member? Um, I personally don't like uh, renting to family. I never have rented to family because you always run the risk of them not respecting the fact that, you know, when all of this is said and done, when all the dust settles, this is still an investment. You still have a responsibility to make the payment. And sometimes family may not respect that you have that responsibility and they turn around and kind of abuse that. And that's not what you're looking for. So it's better to go with people you don't know that will respect your position of, you know, make renting out this house. Um, and it, it just works out better in my experience, in my uh, experience and what I've seen. Um, but you still need to screen the tenant. You still need to make sure they have an income that shows they can afford the place. You still need to, you know, uh, collect some kind of down payment, uh, not down payment, but security deposit uh, in exchange for them being in the house. Um, and, you know, set up some ground rules as far as, you know, respecting the common areas of the house if you're doing a house hack. Um, but if you can, if you're comfortable with that, if you're kind of in a leadership position and you're comfortable with, uh, being the head of a household with multiple families is similar to an apartment building. If you've, you know, lived in an apartment building then you and you've been comfortable with uh, talking with, you know, the tenants in the apartment building, you probably be pretty comfortable with the house hack. Um, it's a great way to build up money toward a home later on in life if you're looking at buying something for your family but not sure how you're going to save the money. And you can do it automatically. I'm a big uh, proponent. I'm a big believer in... Um, automatic saving things where you can save money without thinking about them where you don't have to put a lot of effort into saving um, because you know it works 
So house hacking is definitely a way to accomplish that goal and live rent free because while you're living rent free, you could also save that money and take that same money that you would be paying toward the mortgage and put that money up in the savings. And you can have an even bigger nest egg when it's time for you to move into your uh, own private place or another alternative is and I just keep uh, remembering things as I'm going. But another alternative is to close down the house hack. You got a five bedroom house. You get your family established. You tell everyone that you're terminating all the leases at a certain time and everybody moves out of the building and that or the house. And now you've got a huge five bedroom house that you've either paid down where you've taken the rent money and paid down along with your money and paid down the mortgage significantly over this time. Or you've you know, just got some nest egg money that you can then use to do some remodeling on the house if you need to, but you don't have to make a major move. And now you've got a built in house already. So these are just a couple of ways that you can house hack and you can use that to still get you in a position to um, be a homeowner and then maybe use some investing techniques to uh, assist you with being a homeowner. So I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope this has given you some insight, maybe some things to think about. Uh, let me know if you've got questions, if you're not sure about house hacking, if you're not sure if it's right for you, if you've got questions about how it all works, uh, leave a comment in the uh, comment section. I'd be happy to uh, respond and you know give you my insight. Also, uh, we just launched the uh, podcast onto iTunes. And so if you would do me a favor, if you're listening to this, please go to iTunes, search uh, Artville or CanIOwn.com and you'll see our podcast and just leave a review. Let me know if this has been helpful for you. Let me know if you've got a topic you'd like me to discuss. I'd be happy to do it and uh, it would help me out greatly. So until next time, I wish you the best. I hope that you are having a, a great journey on your path to home ownership. And uh, look forward to talking to you on the next podcast. Thank you.